It is almost October. Might be October where you are listening to this. And football is in full swing. Finally, the NFL games are starting to look less like preseason games because none of them really participate in the preseason games. I mean, all the teams do, but not the starters. But yes, after a college football-centric episode last week, this week we will talk a lot of pro football with Kevin Mendelson coming back for a second time this season. I'm Tim Kelly, and this is Courts and Fields. And welcoming back to the show again, Kevin Mendelson, NFL expert, or my go-to NFL expert. Kevin, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing a lot better than uh, Associated Press voters are going to be feeling after this Saturday. I'll just say that. <laughs> that now, this is a – I know I say the NFL expert, but let's get talking some college football. <laughs> Kevin, a proud native of Kansas. Yes, uh, so you don't, you don't hear that very you, often out here. Yeah. <laughs> well, did you notice how I double clutched? I was like, no, no, no. He <laughs> likes Kansas City, Kansas, not Kansas City, Missouri. And then yeah, I, which, uh, which state is that? There's two of them. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. But Kansas, a Jayhawk, Rock Chalk Jayhawk, the 4-0 Jayhawks, not in the top 25 polls. You know, I... I I think it was kind of expected, um, you know, going going through Twitter and all of the all of the sites that are posting all the you know blind resumes and seeing like Joel Klatt and Matt Leiner and all these guys, you know, getting getting on the the Kansas bandwagon. Which I think Pat McAfee was the first because I think he was predicting the upset in Houston uh, a couple weeks ago, and mm-hmm. so so McAfee got to us first. But just seeing like seeing all the numbers and all the, Oh, if this was, this was an sec team, you know, they'd be, they'd be top 10 already. Well, if they were an sec team, they'd probably be number one, but (laughs) yeah, you know, any, anything with the sec is the best that that there that's ever been. But, um, you know, I I think I was initially annoyed because it's like, you know, this team hasn't been good in almost 15 years and, now they're now they are and and we don't really know how to handle success at the moment because it's been so long yeah and 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 so you know the initial shock of not being ranked was like okay well that's that's obnoxious we just you know we're four and oh we beat a team that was ranked in the preseason um you know, beat West Virginia in in their building, which is always hard to do and and Duke was three and0 coming in so what do we have to do? And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, well, maybe you got to start five and zero. Because I was reading back in like the 07 team that went to the Orange Bowl, they didn't even get ranked until they were five and zero. So maybe we were jumping wow. the gun a week. Yeah, that, that's crazy that it's been 15 years since uh, Mangino and what Todd Reesing, right? Todd Reesing, yep, yep, the, leading, uh, leading, the, leading the way. Yeah, I got two. I believe they 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 topped out at number two, and then lost uh, lost to Missouri in the last last game of the year, and still went to the Orange Bowl while Missouri didn't go to a BCS game. So that that made us feel really good, oh, and yeah. won it, and won it. And 
You know, it, it is funny how those polls work because uh, obviously, you know, maybe in a University of Washington fan, the Huskies beat Michigan State, smoked them. We're up 25 mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. I mean, only ended up winning by 11, but were behind Michigan State in the poll last week. And I was like, what? Yeah. You know, like, I, I, I mean, I don't know how you, how anyone would vote. I mean, they went head to head, and I know it wasn't a neutral site, but still, they smoked right. them. But yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm so used to having to watch polls you know during the basketball season that i really don't know what i'm supposed to do with myself during football now when you know when we're not ranked and going wait shouldn't we be how how does this work like i don't i don't know what to do with my hands right now yeah and and i guess the the bummer of it for you is one of your arch rivals is the reason you were held out of the top 25 poll yeah kansas state's win at oklahoma which you know on on its own a great win you know, and even even just looking at, at recent history, K-State somehow seems to just own Oklahoma there. It's like they, for a while, they, they couldn't lose to Texas when Texas was trying to pretend like they were back. And <laughs> and now now they go in and they keep beating Oklahoma. And it's, it's weird because it's like expected nowadays. But, you know, you go from losing to Tulane to beating Oklahoma, it just it, it makes no sense. And, um, you know, seeing – seeing just how voters choose to do these things, I don't understand how any of it works. And it, it shows that, you know, I think you put a lot of, a lot of voters put more stock in the the name recognition than the actual play, but I'm not, I'm not super bitter. We'll, we'll win this weekend against Iowa state and, you know, finally get in the polls and, and have something else to celebrate. Oh, a- absolutely. And yeah, it's, it is, um, it is really funny. I, I saw something from, uh, somebody sent me a clip of Colin Cowherd ripping Oklahoma and Brett Venables for losing to Kansas State and, you know, going on about that. And then two of the past three years before this year, Kansas State has beaten Oklahoma. So, yeah. you know, he was, oh, well, Riley's this great coach and look at what he's doing. And it's like, nope, Riley lost to them multiple times. Well, and, and didn't half of Oklahoma's team transfer to USC anyways? So, <laughs> you know, ben, Venables is trying to work with, with a lot of guys that otherwise may not have been there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. O- the, the Oklahoma gets that I name mean, recognition it, every year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's moving the goalposts. It's, it's just kind of – you wonder if it's just become this hot take culture. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I mean, it, it is right, but so Kansas big game this week. They win. They're they're ranked. Their coach though, mm. Lance. It, it, and now I always butcher it: Leopold or Leipold. I think it's Leipold. Leipold. Lance yeah. Leipold. Getting rumors for other jobs, which stinks already. But really, other jobs being Nebraska. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, he, he started as a, was he in Nebraska? He was an assistant at Nebraska for a while and before going to D3. And then, you know, then you go into the story that everybody knows winning six national titles and, and moving up to Buffalo and doing all that. But, you know, uh, I don't know a whole lot about the other candidates because I'm more worried about, no, do you guys just take, take, take one of these other guys? I mean, obviously I know who Bill O'Brien is. I think everybody does at this point. Um, Matt Campbell, the Iowa State coach, I believe has, you know, he's kind of a front runner there for the Nebraska job. 
Um, we just want to look at it as keep your hands off of our coach. We finally have something to be excited about and don't, don't you dare take it away. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, that's kind of the shame. Now I, you and I were texting uh, earlier today about how mm-hmm. is Nebraska really that great of a job. Now I know what a Nebraska alum would scoff at the notion that I would say leaving Kansas for Nebraska is not that much of a great move, but I mean, there is, there is that huge stadium, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's probably what, twice the size of Kansas stadium. Oh, probably. But, but, probably at 50, 60,000, something like that. Okay. Yeah. I, mean, I guess Nebraska might not be that big. It might not be a hundred thousand, but you know, the, the, whatever the tradition, yada, yada, yada in football. But you're still running into the problem of having to go to Texas and get your poach your big recruits. And it's not as easy as it was. I mean, there aren't really particularly great homegrown talents in Nebraska. No. And I think that's been kind of the knock of everywhere North of, of Texas going into the plain States for, for years now is, you know, what kind of, what kind of recruits are you, are you getting and you know how do you keep the how do you make the the two and three star guys from you know from from wichita or from uh from omaha or wherever in iowa how do you put them all together to be a force and you know and now especially with the with the juco culture and the the um the transfer portals and you know things are getting a lot easier for for teams but you still have the schools that are that are down that are trying to come back up going, okay, how do we make our dent? And I don't know if Nebraska has really been a, a force or anything that, you know, a brand other than having a name to them since probably the early two thousands. So I, I don't know, like that's something that whoever they hire there is going to be, is going to be tasked with really bringing them back. Cause they've had, they've had some issues in the last few years. Yeah. Yeah. It, oh, and uh, it, Memorial Stadium in Lincoln is eighty-five thousand. I'm sorry, I was way off with that sixty thousand. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's crazy to, to think. You know, uh, I, I mean, I think twenty years ago, Nebraska had two losses and got into the national title game. I mean, that's how mm-hmm. strong their brand was. Yeah. I mean, and and you even think too. I remember, was it oh four? Oklahoma, was it Oklahoma go undefeated? Oh, uh, Oklahoma, USC. Was that 03 or 04? Anyways, I it was 04, yeah. 04, yeah. There were uh, three teams that all went undefeated, and Auburn was the third team that went undefeated, and Auburn didn't get in. And can you believe, I mean, yeah, not even five years later, uh, I mean, that would have been – you know, or less than a decade later, that would be impossible to believe. I mean, Saban really, uh, Saban's dominance and well, Urban Meyer and say, and then Saban's dominance really mm-hmm. uh, changed the perception of that conference. And I'm sure other conferences shooting themselves in the foot with bad TV deals and uh, not saying anything about the Pac-12 there. And uh, <laughs> and, and, and you know, just the the SEC. They made a lot of smart moves. They were playing chess when the other conferences were playing checkers. Right. And, and But uh, looking at the bull projections right now, Kansas versus California in the first responder bowl, according to Jerry Palm. 
a CBS. I, I, but I'll tell you what. Uh, I saw I saw the uh, Sports Illustrated predictions, and uh, it's time we want Bama. We're going to the Sugar Bowl. Oh, and, I, uh, I just pulled that up right now. I see that. <laughs> wow. I, I think they're they're basing it off of you know conference uh, conference standings and everything. Which who who would have thought four games into a, a football season, Kansas would be you know leading the leading the conference. Um, and, and yet here we are looking at, uh, looking at a bowl projection of Kansas versus Alabama. I, yeah. I it's, it's the greatest time of my life, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it, it, you're, you're not wrong. And, and, and I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but, uh, uh, they also have USC in the playoff and I just, I, I don't think that's going to oh. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's USC. They they can't sell out their their building before uh, before Kansas does, so <laughs> they, they don't deserve to be there. Well, I know some USC alum alums, and they might have been uh, a little snarky, salty mm-hmm. when that was brought up to them. Um, <laughs> looking at ESPN, though, uh, I see Washington versus Cincinnati in the Cotton Bowl. I would uh, I would be okay with that as a Husky fan. I'm I'm looking for the uh, you know where the name Kansas sticks out. To you you got to look down farther. I think I saw one of them was was predicting a Kansas uh, Wazoo uh, oh, bowl game. Oh, I see that one. Yes, yes, they were. <laughs> oh man, Rock Chalk Jayhawk, baby! I would love to see that. And then the Liberty Bowl is the other one versus Ole Miss. And you know what's you know what's really funny is there are a lot of um, I've been seeing a lot of a lot of people comparing Kansas with Old Miss right now with yeah. You know why isn't Kansas ranked? Let's look at their strength as to, as opposed to to Ole Miss, and so I think you know that's one of those the storyline writes itself. So I'm I'm ready. There you go. Well, that's that's <laughs> exciting. And then the cut uh, the irony for you and me is of our favorite schools would be playing the opposite's least favorite school. One of Schleybaugh has the Alamo Bowl, K State versus UW. So that, that is too much purple in one stadium. I'm oh. sorry. Oh, I would, I would love it. I, I see it every once in a while. Not that I look at eBay to buy jerseys. No, um, I don't know who does that. Never. Who does that? But uh, I see people trying to pawn off Kansas State jerseys as UW jerseys, and I'm like, this is clearly a Kansas State jersey. In the '90s, they both wore purple, but you can just tell it's a different shade of purple. It really is. I'm well, not and, crazy. And isn't, isn't there a silver to the K State jerseys that that UW uses a, a gold? Yeah, well, for, yeah, that was the their late numbers. 90s. In, in the mid-90s, they both kind of just had purple and white. There was no out. Uh, but in the late 90s, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I know this stuff. But my wallet does. Or my wallet actually <laughs> doesn't. But, well, any any other uh, college football sentiments uh, that you have? No, you know it's uh, it's just been fun to actually be able to have a have a little emotional investment in the in the college football season. I think we're like two weeks away from from basketball. Uh, I think the, oh no, I think the first day of of basketball practice was today, and the the top story was um, potential Heisman candidate Jalen Daniels doing the uh, the interview circuit on like ESPN and Fox Sports and everything instead of uh, the defending national champions starting practice. It's, it's just, it's, it doesn't make any sense. And I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah. I mean, and that, that's the cool thing. I mean, granted they start off four and oh, and you know, only end up with six wins. They only got to win two games to get into a bowl game. And that'll be just, that's right. If they, if they go two and six <laughs> down the stretch, but regardless, 
they're astronomical odds that they're going to make a bowl game. And that's exciting. Um, oh, I know what I, I, another thing. You're talking basketball. I mm. thought I saw, correct me if I'm wrong, Midnight Madness at Kansas. They had Shaq there. They do. Well, it's not Shaq. It's DJ Diesel. Oh, okay. I, I was really confused because I'm like, he's an LSU alum. That's kind of weird that he would be at Kansas. But Yeah. But, well, they had Snoop. Uh, they had Snoop before the 2020 season, or the the 2019 season that uh, that got coveted. So, um, you know, there's there's a precedent there, and I guess people got really mad when when Snoop did uh, did late night because they were not happy with his uh, with his particular brand of entertainment. <laughs> so we'll have DJ Diesel now. Okay, yeah. excellent. Well, let us switch gears to the NFL. Uh, we were recording this on a Thursday night. Week four has just began uh, or begun. I uh, English, right? <laughs> uh, but uh, the Dolphins lose to the Bengals. Short week for the Dolphins. A game where their defense, the squeak or the week before, or really four days ago, squeaked out a win against the Bills, where their defense was on the field two thirds of the game. Their quarterback. Suffers a concussion. Oh, wait, no, he didn't. Well, today he really did. And that was just awful to see. Yeah, I, I uh, was was browsing the timeline during the game and, and saw uh, former former WWE star Chris Nowinski, um, who's now, you know, he is like the guy when it comes to concussion uh, protocol and um you know, just con- basically concussion advocacy is really kind of the way to look at it. And he is losing his mind on there. And he's, you know, talking about, look, if, if, if this, if this would have caused serious damage to Tua, then he's going after lawsuits and, and all kinds of different things. And I, I can't say I blame him. And I have no idea what the Miami staff was thinking, putting him on the field tonight. It, it just, it made no sense. Uh yeah, I mean, you think, like, if a guy would have had a bad ankle sprain on Sunday, he would have sat out today's game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they're usually super conservative. Um, and I watching that game, Bridgewater moved the ball pretty well when he was out there. I mean, they, they had the lead going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Miami loses anything with with Bridgewater. I, I remember, you know, a couple of years ago, I, I think uh, uh, there were a lot of teams fans looking to try and, and sign Teddy Bridgewater during um, during the COVID season and just try and get him on the field and, and get him reps because they, they knew he was a proven commodity. And I mean, he looked good at times tonight. There were a couple, you know, a couple rocky moments, but overall, he was he was looking good. That sixty-five yard bomb to Hill in the yeah. third quarter that uh, that wound up in a field goal, you know. But I mean, that ball was perfectly placed. Yeah, I would say uh, Bridgewater <laughs> is a rich man's Geno Smith. <laughs> um, not to, uh, I'm sure we'll talk about later but uh what's your favorite nickname for uh teddy bridgewater is it captain checkdown or teddy two gloves i mean i i always i was always partial to, to teddy two gloves i i think you know and 
Miami Heat, uh, not not the uh, Pat Riley teams, but oh. uh, just the the atmosphere itself. You can never be too careful with with the ball, and you know if you need if you need multiple gloves to do it, then uh, then then go for it. Yeah, that's and we and we were playing in Minnesota. I mean, even that uh, that what was that the 2015 year when they had to play in oh, you I, know yeah. negative 600 degrees outside. Yeah, ah, oh, one of the greatest playoff victories of all time. <laughs> uh, a Blair Walsh missed field goal, and you know what happens? You know what they say? You know what Blair Walsh misses field goal against us? Why don't we sign him? And that's what the yes. Seahawks did. That's right. He can't. He can't miss them against you if he misses them for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like that Eddie Murphy gif where he's pointing at his head, right? Or <laughs> not gif. Um. So, uh, any big thoughts from week three? I know we started on week four with the game that just played, but uh, any big thoughts on on uh, what you saw last week? Uh, you know, I I was surprised with the the poor clock management by Buffalo at the end of their game. Um, in Miami, you know, you've got, you've got a team on the ropes and, and Buffalo fans have become the, even stranger than they've ever been. Uh, <laughs> you know, they, they were already weird for jumping through tables. They, they were passionate and it was awesome. But within minutes of that game ending, Buffalo fans were just blowing up social media, crying about, uh, about the heat. Yeah. And it's like, you guys won 35, nothing in, in Miami last year in September, so there wasn't any issue with the heat then. Yeah. Now, because you lose, oh, we've got guys cramping up, cramping up. Well, yeah, that sucks. But it's the same field. It's the same conditions. And you lose. So now it's a problem. It, yeah. It just it doesn't make any sense. And, and all because you're at the end. Well, you were down, but you couldn't get the play the last play before. Yeah. The, you know. I mean, you, you Buffalo. You run ninety plays. You score seventeen points, and and yeah, there there were a lot of other factors other than the heat. So um, yeah, that that was a surprise. Uh, uh, I think the Rams struggling with Arizona was was an issue, but I think you know we've I think we've talked about this before. You have the the division rivalry games, so those are always going to be a fight. You're, you're very rarely going to have the big blowouts there. Um, the Chiefs losing in Indianapolis for yeah. a litany of reasons. Um, and, and I think the biggest story that came out of week three was, uh, was America's team, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, I, I wanted to talk about that. They didn't just beat the Chargers. I mean, they just, I mean, they bullied them. Yeah. It's, well, and it's it's another game where you know even looking tonight at, at should Tua have played, should Justin Herbert have played yeah. on on Sunday? I mean, he was not a hundred percent. He was he was pretty. He was, I mean, obviously he was still banged up, and you know, first four drives, punt, punt, pick, fumble. Uh, do you do you just say you know maybe punt on this game? It's because he's big. You look at it and you go, oh, it's it's the Jaguars. We should we should run them over pretty effectively but with a beat-up quarterback you're basically running out there by yourself yeah yeah that that, that's true and you know uh, florio from pro football talk was on uh, seattle radio this week and he was talking about uh he's on kjr um he was talking uh to the afternoon show about the chargers and all these injuries they have and he was Mm -hmm. like 
But it's every year they have these injuries. They're a good team, but they're banged up. And he he was saying, you know, they might need to look into their training or something going on there because Bosa just went on the IR. Slater's out. So there's your best offensive lineman, your best defensive lineman, your quarterback's banged up, your wide receiver. I mean, Keenan Allen's made of glass, right? I avoid him in fantasy football all the time. Yeah, he's he's got a couple big games where he shows out, and then the rest of the time you're wondering how many plays he's going to miss, how many drives he's going to miss. You know, he's he's he can't be reliable for his own team, and it's it's frustrating because he is he can be an absolute beast. Oh yeah, he was very good in college. I shouldn't say he's made of glass. I just mean from the standpoint of he is a professional athlete, but at that level, he's made of yeah. glass. Yeah, right. He he could come in here and just pummel us both through our phones and uh <laughs> and i wouldn't appreciate that but yeah it was you know kind of seeing jacksonville uh doing what they did i i meant to say this when we were talking about jayhawks and and to an extent the university of washington and and even usc it's amazing what happens when you get a solid coach in in somewhere oh yeah i mean the they get a super bowl winner in Doug Peterson, who's somehow out on the market. And mm-hmm. they, I mean, obviously they have years of high draft picks and those guys came to fruition, but you have a franchise quarterback. And it, it's just so weird to think that Urban Meyer was such a bad football coach in the NFL. Yeah, it, it there are some college coaches. It makes no sense how they're that incredible at, at doing the college game and, and getting the most out of those players. Then they come to the NFL, get a lot of young guys straight out of college, and they can't put that together. Obviously the competition's much different. Yes. But you know, it's still it's it's your similar idea and just absolutely wildly different results. Well, and it's funny too, because I was listening to something there, uh recently and they were talking about the NFL and how, uh, you know, there's a lot of ego in those coaching circles. And this person was like, you do all realize you're not the 32 best football coaches in the world. <laughs> and, you know, it really, it really shows out. I mean, how many guys have, uh, who has had success on both levels? I can think of two guys. Um yeah, I mean Pete Carroll and, and and who else? Jimmy Johnson. Mm. You know, well, Barry Barry Switzer won a Super Bowl. Yeah, that's true. He I mean, used Jimmy Johnson's players. Is you know kind of like the the you know few years down the line, it was the Gruden and Tampa thing with with Tony Dungy's players. Yeah, that's true. That's true too. Also, I was dying because I saw the clip of Switzer on the podium after they won that Super Bowl, going to shake Jimmy or to. Uh, Jerry, shake Jerry Jones's hand, and Jerry Jones just ripping the Super Bowl, the Lombardi out of his hand. Just had me <laughs> dying. <laughs> was, had to watch that a few times. It was like a 10 second clip. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess we got to put Switzer on that list too. But I mean, really, both uh, Carol and uh, uh, J- Jimmy Johnson both had success in college and then both went to the pros and rebuilt teams. Yeah. And were successful within three or four years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it is it is interesting. I mean, it's just a completely different game because I don't know if Doug Peterson could go to college and be a good college coach. 
Well, and I think the blueprints there with with Herm Edwards. He went down to Arizona State and had yeah. varying degrees of success. And now I think I saw they just uh, they just fired him a, a few weeks ago. So now uh, Herm is no longer playing to win the game. <laughs> Be a man or a woman. Put your name on it. It's my other yeah. favorite. <laughs> Herm. Well, yeah, and I mean it's it's a lot like. I mean, it's a lot like. NBA basketball and college basketball. They're completely different games, even though they have the same rules. Yeah. You know, but that's... Uh, and there's that a was... reason Krzyzewski and, and Izzo and Roy Williams and those guys never went to the pros. Yeah. Because I, I think they knew it and they knew their legacy wouldn't wouldn't last or they, you know, they could only hang on to their name for so long and go, hey, look, I'm, you know, legendary college coach me, um, you know, Let's let's go win stuff and try and rally guys around it. And half the time they're going to look like, uh, you know, like Billy Donovan. He he has a few good years coaching after leaving Florida, but you know he's just kind of bounced around. And him and Quinn Snyder and guys like that. Yeah, well, yeah. And then you get a guy like John Beeline, who a fantastic basketball coach. You know, gets Michigan to the national title game, then bolts for the Cleveland job and is out in like half a season it's just mm-hmm. it's just wild i mean like there yeah it's it's a different game it's a yeah. different different game uh other other things we'll do a few quick hitters on these uh thing the bears are two and one and they have what less than 400 passing yards yeah not not just in one game but total total <laughs> like yeah. um with uh, with with former uh, just you know looking at the stats here, former Kansas Jayhawk uh, Khalil Herbert uh, was a was a fantasy god for a week, and now if David Montgomery's out, that'll be that'll be good news for him. Uh, he's 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 had some good games in the last couple of years with with Montgomery starting to starting to fight injuries. So uh, I couldn't get him off the waiver wire. That was one of those guys that I looked at on on Sunday morning and and went, huh. Maybe I should pull. Maybe I should, maybe I should grab Khalil Herbert against the the terrible Houston Texans. And yeah, you know he'll be available next week if he if he does something of note. Uh, and then he went off for 150 and two. Not available on Wednesday overnight when uh, the waiver transfers went through. So <laughs> shows what I know. Yeah, yeah, that shows what we all know. Uh, <laughs> uh, Raiders 0 and three with Josh McDaniels. Uh, since you are a Patriots fan, a fan of Josh McDaniels, uh, <laughs> do you think he's regret- regretting this move? You know, this is this is the complete opposite of when he went to Denver and he started off like three or four and zero uh, and had the had the the overtime win against the Patriots at the, his first season there, and then then the honeymoon was over. And I don't know what it's going to take for the Raiders. I, th- I think they've they've been in their games. Uh, obviously, you know they they blew that lead in in Arizona. Um, uh, had a uh, Hunter Renfro two fumbles and in, in three plays, and one of them just happens to get taken back to the house. And then uh, then they were I believe they were up on Tennessee and yeah. and kind of controlling that game. And then Tennessee came back, and the Raiders. It, it, the problem isn't hasn't been the offense. I mean, yeah, it's been hasn't been great but you can't you can't have a defense that gives up you know 
well. They held Derrick Henry under 100, but it seemed like every, you know, every carry was another one of those big bruising runs. And and you just, you know, you can't get down 20, 24 to 10 at halftime and, and expect to fight your way back. Yeah, and I hate to say this to you right now. The Titans never trailed in the game. But the yeah. Raiders almost won at the end. Yeah, I, I just I'm I'm curious how long the the honeymoon's gonna last with McDaniels. I think they were they had an undefeated preseason and everyone was so, you know, fired up about him and then the real games start and you gotta play the starters. And other team starters can be pretty good too. Do you think it's a quarterback issue? Well, I mean, we finally learned over the summer that Derek Carr was that guy uh, that that Tom Brady was was talking about in his uh, infamous appearance on uh, what was that the the shop the what uh, LeBron's oh, yeah, show? LeBron. Yeah, yeah. So we we finally learned that 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 was it, and I I wonder how much that's actually affecting Derek Carr. Maybe, who knows if he ever even knew that that was that was being talked about? But yeah, he's he's got all the weapons around him and. Um, an offensive-minded coach. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. So we uh, a couple of division games. I mean, uh, Vikings over the Lions. Lions seem to have a good offense, a bad defense. Eagles over the Commanders. Not really much to talk about there. Uh, the Bengals won, so they're now two and two this week. But they beat the Jets last week. Panthers over the Saints. Okay. Panthers ended a nine-game losing streak um, with that win. Uh, would you like to talk about your favorite team, the Patriots, at one and two, a 37-26 loss at home against mm. the Ravens? You know, I, I really wish Lamar, Lamar Jackson had not watched uh, Jalen Daniels. Uh, carve up Duke the the day before and <laughs> you know throw for four and run for one because he's like no wait I could do that too and he decided to do that and I really wish he hadn't but that was a game where you know back and forth it's a it was an entertaining game what everybody you know wants to see and then it was just turnovers after turnovers after turnovers and and nobody could really I don't know he, uh Patriots get the ball and and go and score first drive of the second half, go up 20 to 14 and then give it right back. You know, Lamar leads a touchdown drive and then it's uh, Baltimore's in control the rest of the way. And any, any positive plays or any uh, turnovers, the the new England defense forced the offense gave right back. Mac Jones, I think had three picks, two or three picks and, and two of them were just ugly, you know, and uh, three picks. Yeah. One, one really bad one. Uh, that he didn't see a, a linebacker coming across the middle. One in the corner of the end zone. You can't have turnovers in the end zone. No. And then one day he just airmailed on the uh, on the last comeback attempt. Uh, Calais Campbell falls on him at the end of the game. High ankle sprain. Was that a dirty hit? I mean, as I was watching it, I went, man, he, he was there second or two late. And... You know, obviously got got him from the blind side. I mean, that's it's, that's his position. That's fine. Um, but the way he came down, he was a big three hundred pound dude. You you have nowhere else to go but down. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to say it was dirty, and then I watched it a couple more times. Went, no, it's it's football, and it it just sucks. I'm not yeah. thrilled that it happened to my to yeah. my team and my quarterback. 
they are the breaks, no pun intended, of the game. Uh, nothing, was, no, nothing was broken. Yeah, that. Uh, <laughs> other games we didn't mention: Packers and Bucks. Uh, just an awful game, from what I saw of it. Yeah, it's. I mean, Green Bay went up, uh, went up early, and then held on for dear life. Um, Tom Brady was running the 2013 Patriots. Who the hell are these guys? Offense. Um, <laughs> You know, because that was back when they first signed Amendola, household name yet, and and they're still running out Aaron Dobson. I think Josh Boyce was out there at one point. Austin Colley was a was a Patriots receiver, and that's basically who he was throwing to uh, on Sunday against against Green Bay. It was Russell Gage uh, had had eight like eight or nine catches with a with a touchdown. Um, Julio was out. Mike Evans was suspended. Godwin was out. This was another just like what how how is he how is he doing this sort of and, game? And they lose 14 to 12 because he butchers a uh two-point conversion play, huh? Yeah, back-to-back uh back-to-back delay of game penalties, but only one of them was called. Um and just yeah, just just ugly football. And um what was the more uh, anonymous receiving crew, the 2013 Pats or the 2006 Pats? Oh, God, that's a good one. Because um, <laughs> all I think about is our guy uh, from Florida, Caldwell, Rache Caldwell, mm-hmm. and his eyes. Yeah. That's all I think about when I think of the 06 Patriots, besides the, you know, terrible uh, loss in the title game. Yeah, it, that well, and and the terrible loss that was partially Rache Caldwell's fault for yes, not being yeah. able to haul in a pass, and and of course the the meme, the the early internet days meme that it spawned, where he's looking back at Brady and his eyes are all giant and wide, and it's just holy crap. Yeah, uh, that was oh God. Who was on that 06 team? It was Caldwell and uh, Jabbar Gaffney, having just been cut by the Texans. So it's like, well, here's a here's a, a guy, I guess. Um, Doug Gabriel. I think the the last remains of Troy Brown were running around out there. Oh man, man, that's, yeah, that's, that's 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 a comparison. You know, you always go, oh, who who would win a game? The '85 Bears or the the 2000 Ravens defense? Well, who's who's Tom Brady going to throw the ball to and prefer to do it? The 06 offense or the 13 offense? Because those are, the, yeah, those were those were some rough. Rough listen, receiving course. Listen to this. I got their opening training camp roster. Here are their. Here are their wide receivers that reported to training camp. Um, Chad Jackson, who was on the injured pup list. Troy Brown, Rache Caldwell, Eric Davis, Kieron Henry, Michael McGrew, Rich Mazinski, Matt Shelton, Zuriel Smith, Tom McCullough, John Stone. And tight ends, Daniel Graham, Garrett Mills, Walter Rasby, David Thomas, and Benjamin Watson. I mean, the tight ends weren't bad. Graham Graham was part of a couple Super Bowl teams, and Watson was on. Uh, well, Watson was on a couple of them as well. And uh, yeah, those the tight ends weren't weren't terrible, but man, group that that room was awful. The one they had Dion Branch, but quickly traded him to your Seattle Seahawks. Wait, my Seattle Seahawks. Yes, America's Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, and, and yeah, yes, and their opening day roster. Troy Brown, Rache Caldwell, or sorry, week one roster. 
Troy Brown, Rashe Caldwell, Bam Childress, Doug Gray, Gabriel, and Chad Jackson. Bam Childress, that's a, that's a name. It's like saying PK Sam and not expecting a Patriots fan to have some kind of like flashbacks to something terrible happening because we all thought, oh hey, let's get one of these uh, one of these receivers. We we all would would fight on the message boards about man, why isn't PK Sam getting getting some reps? Why why isn't the why isn't the Bammer getting getting some time out there? He, we need we need guys and. Oh, those are those are bad the, days. The, the the final roster included Jabbar Gaffney, like you said, and Kelvin. I honestly don't remember who that is. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is it is amazing. <laughs> Brady and Belichick should go in the Hall of Fame for even having this team sniff a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, and and so here's who he was throwing to on on Sunday against Green Bay. I mean, Russell Gage, twelve catches. Uh, Cameron Brait, remember when he was the next big tight end thing before before oh, they, yeah. they brought in Gronk? Uh, Rashad Perryman, Jalen Darden, uh, the corpse of Kyle Rudolph, uh, Cole Beasley finally finally playing with Tom Brady after everybody expected that he would sign multiple times uh, after leaving Dallas, and uh, 2020 NFC Championship hero Scotty Miller. Ah, Scotty. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's. I a, think that uh, might have actually been his worst receiving group ever. That is a lot of yes. There are a lot of uh, a lot of slot receivers that you just mentioned. Yes, that is that is a very shifty offense. We'll just say <laughs> they'll have no problem going across the middle, but getting that separation might be a little. Uh, yeah, a you're little... you're not high pointing any of them. <laughs> Um, so three other games from last week, Cowboys, Giants. I got to be honest with you. Who cares? I hate that they're always on national TV. Yeah. And I mean, it felt finally, look, I'm going to say, I know everybody hates, uh, Joe Buck and with, with their own reasons. Uh, there were a couple of years that I, I could not tolerate anything he has said, did, or, uh, breathed. And of course, you know, as a as a long suffering uh, Kansas City Royals fan, listening to him fawn over Madison Bumgarner, whether it was you know warranted or not, it it totally was. But I don't want to hear it anymore. During the <laughs> 2014 World Series, it was just obnoxious. Having those two guys on a call that makes it feel like a big game. Oh, I you know, it can be Fox. I mean, you watch the the Fox game and and. and Packers Bucks was supposedly you know was their their big game of the week and it just sounded like two random guys calling a game like Fox's broadcasts have kind of fallen off the with the the con or not the content but the 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 stature of their of their yeah. announcers now that Buck and Aikman are gone to ESPN like it Monday night games feel like big games again uh, it's just too bad that the teams in it are not ones that ain't that people want to watch it it's funny you say that because uh uh bill simmons and cousin sal last sunday had that same exact or this past sunday had that same exact mention of like who are these fox announcers yeah like like losing buck and aikman was a bad a bad thing for them yeah, it just showed they had no backup plan. And I honestly, I haven't watched a single Fox baseball game this year. And I might not even up to the World Series, but I don't even know who their their play-by-play guy is anymore. And if John Smoltz is still in the in the booth with them, it's just, I, I don't know. I think it's Joe Davis who is on 
the broadcast with is he with Moose Johnson right now? I think he's with Moose Johnson. I yeah, and that's the other thing too. These booths they switch around so much too. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, but I mean, understandable jobs, all that stuff. All right, the two games that we didn't talk about Sunday night football. The Broncos win by a point over the Niners. Uh, did you stay awake for that entire game? I did. I did. I don't know how anybody did. I went to the Seahawks game, which we'll talk about shortly. But when I got home, obviously that game was already going. And then I sat down and I watched it. Uh, And and I'm one of the few, like, I'm rooting against the Broncos because the Seahawks have their first round pick. But Mm -hmm. I despise the 49ers. So I took great joy in the Niners winning. And I said (laughs) to people afterwards, they were like, whoa, why would you want the Broncos to win? I'm like, I didn't really want the Broncos to win. But the Broncos are going to win multiple games. Why can't this be one of the games? Right. Yeah, it's it's the uh it's the 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 I hope they both lose game and if they can't yes. then then the the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So, you know, you root against the the team in your division if you have to. It, yeah, and and Russell Wilson is 18 and 4 all time against the 49ers. Man. That's, that's like that's like Brady against Buffalo levels of just pure dominance. Yeah. Yeah. The, the only difference being is, you know, uh, the, the Niners had a chance to beat Russell to go to a Super Bowl, and Russell one-upped them on that one, too. I mean, he'll mm-hmm. always have that over, you know, in the year that they won the Super Bowl. Not the following year where we don't talk about, even though they came back and beat the Packers in that dramatic why are we talking about this, Kevin? Kevin I, I don't know bad, what just happened here. Bad memories. Oh, my gosh. No, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, Eli Manning making fun of uh, uh, them punting all the time. Yeah. Uh, Should have spent $235 million on the punter instead of yeah. Russell. It was, it was the first game Russ had ever had three, eight, or eight three and outs, and that was, like, with 10 minutes left in the game. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo on the Niners joins Dan Orlovsky as the only two guys to accidentally run out of the back of the end zone. Well, and and Jimmy's lucky that he that he did that. Otherwise, he had a, he threw a pick six, and it, it could have been a lot worse for San Francisco. They they had the the one drive at the start of the game, or whether well, they had a punt, get the ball right back, drive down, and score, and then the rest of the night, nothing. Yeah, it's um, it's really weird because, I mean, the Niners just dominated the Hawks the week before, and then they come out and just – I mean, they looked they, – they did not look like they had I, – I don't know how both teams play that poorly. Um, so this gets to my question about both of these teams real quick. Uh, Broncos, Hackett, they're 2-1 and one right now. Is he going to make it through the whole season? I, I think they're trying to hang on as long as they can to actually, you know, feel like they're making progress. Because uh, there's times, I mean, you know, he, he seemed like he learned from his mistake. Denver's Denver's down and they need a drive. They need a score. And they went ahead and put the ball in Russell Wilson's hands, you know, instead of giving up and, trying for a, a 60 yard field goal. So uh, I think they may have learned their lesson, but it's really hard to tell 
I think it all depends on how close they keep those games with, uh, with the chargers, obviously with, with the Raiders, the, the never ending rivalry there, but um, how they're, how they're going to keep things close with the chiefs. And yeah, that's, that's who they've, they've got coming up here. You know, they've, they've got the Raiders this week. They, they have the chargers in a couple weeks and, they don't see the chiefs until week 14 and then, and then week 17. But by that point, they're, they're hoping I would imagine that, that everything's all worked out. Cause if they're hovering around 500, by the time they get to Kansas city and the, and the chiefs are, you know, two, three games, four games over 500 and the division's that far out of reach. I don't know how much, how much of a leash you can give Hackett after that. Well, he had to bring in a coach to help him with clock management because he was struggling with that though <laughs> i will tell you this as a I, I i won't say i'm not a fan of the quarterback a former fan of the quarterback he liked to bleed the play clock down to right around uh um or there were a lot of times that timeouts were called because the play didn't get set in until 10 15 seconds left on the play clock so mm-hmm. i don't know if that's all the coach's fault um did you hear that report though that supposedly they hired Hackett because they thought they were going to get Rodgers from Green Bay because he worked with Rodgers in Green Bay? I mean, it would make sense. You think you get a guy because you're going to get the the someone that he's worked real close with, and um, and then Aaron Rodgers is is nuts. So who knows? <laughs> Whoever knows what Aaron Rodgers is actually thinking? I don't. I don't know if he ever would have gone to Denver. Um, yeah. I mean, at this point, uh, hindsight being what it is, I-, I wonder if he thinks he should have because there's a lot more talent in Denver right now than than there is in Green Bay, even though he's Oof. winning in Green Bay. Yeah, the the funny thing is he's from California, but he doesn't really have close ties to anyone in California, it seems. I mean, doesn't yeah. talk to his parents or his brother. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's interesting. Uh, my other question about this game, Kyle Shanahan, I mean, the week before, runs Trey Lance like a running back. Lance gets hurt, blah, blah, blah. Kyle Shanahan is now like, I think it's 40 and 44. I mean, he's four games under 500 for his career. Is Kyle Shanahan a good coach? He's obviously a good coach. He's gotten to two NFC title games. He's gotten to a Super Bowl. He's a decent coach, but he's an overrated coach, right? I think so. Yeah, at this point, his um... – the seasons that he's had where he gets close and can't get over the edge um, or over the, over the top there is it's going to start to overtake any success that he has. And if he can't, if he can't be a consistent winner, they're not going to keep around. I mean, he, he wanted Garoppolo. He supposedly wanted Mac Jones and then just decided not to draft him after all, I guess. And, and now Lance is hurt and now he's back stuck with Garoppolo. So it's it's gonna be you know we may be on Brock Purdy watch by by midseason. So social like Brock Purdy was trending on Twitter Sunday night, and I go to Niners Nation uh, often just to lurk in the comments, and <laughs> there were a lot of anti Garoppolo and a lot of anti Shanahan comments. Um, I I think Niners fans are are passionate, but I think they've also had enough. They've they've seen, you know, what yes. four years four years of of Garoppolo and and Shanahan and and they haven't gotten the the ring out of it that they thought they would and you know they've watched Garoppolo throw away two 
you know, the, the, the NFC championship last year through that interception late. Um, they watched Shanahan just continue to try and throw the ball around the field in the Super Bowl against the chiefs with a game that they had pretty well yeah. sewn up and, you know, they're, they're going to, they're starting to, the natives are getting restless. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those, the, the Bay area faithful, like you said, are absolutely getting restless. And um, speaking of Trey Lance, uh, I don't want to call anyone a bust because the injuries aren't really that, but he didn't play much in 2019. I mean, he was at the first round picks. He, in the modern era, he had the least amount of pass attempts. He only started the one year. 2020, he played one game because of COVID. Sat out 2021 for the most part, right? Because of Garoppolo. Or, I mean, he was on the roster, but he didn't play much. And then this year makes two starts and snaps his ankle. Or leg, whatever it is. I, I yeah. Do you think – I mean – he basically hasn't played really meaningful football for four seasons now, three seasons now. Yeah, I think the I think him choosing to uh, to take the um, take the the COVID year and 2020 and not play uh, that shortened season ended up hurting him more than more than he expected it would, and and it was more the long game that he was trying to play, and you know, like you said, he didn't play. He's getting preseason reps, but he's stuck behind Garoppolo. Then he starts to play. He's kind of effective at times, and then now he's hurt for the year and loses another year. So that's we're going on almost three years of him really doing absolutely nothing. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I mean, you, you just wonder if it's going to hamper his development. I mean, I don't like to root against people, but, um, you know, that's – that's unbecoming of me, but I, I'm just generally <laughs> curious if – I mean, because you see the guys who don't throw a lot of passes in college. I mean, there's all this data that you need to start more than two years in college, you know, and get those reps, and that's where it really comes in. I mean, Sanchez was the last guy that had not that many reps and became – you know, was right. drafted high. I mean, but then again, a guy like Josh Rosen – uh, has three years as a starter and he bounces around the league, right? So, yeah, ten was he tenth overall pick and yeah. nobody wants him. Yeah, yeah. So you wonder, wonder about that. And then the last game, uh, Falcons at Seahawks. Um, Seahawks uh, defense can't really do much. Um, uh, the offense. The game ends on a Geno Smith interception. Granted, it was fourth down, but on third down, he took a horrible sack that he shouldn't have taken. I mean, he took it, but, uh, you know, would have taken that sack. Right. Fall the one and two. That was probably their most winnable game of the – I mean, besides the Broncos game. But it just doesn't get that much easier from them here on out. They play – Detroit this weekend, a banged up Detroit team on offense at least. So maybe that's a winnable game, but uh, you start to wonder if uh, if this thing, I mean, if they finish with like three or four wins, is Pete on the hot seat? I think he was on the hot seat no matter what because he's, you know, it's been his draft picks and him and him and Schneider and, you know, just looking at 
the choices and the picks they've made and the and the personnel moves they've made in the last few years and uh you know it falls squarely on them so i think at some point you won a super bowl but that's that was 10 years ago yeah. um you know you haven't been back to you haven't been back through the division or you've been to the divisional round a few times since then, but you haven't been to an NFC championship game since 2014. Nope. Um, you know, you, yeah, there's, there's been a lot of, a lot of issues there and yeah, I, I think you're right. Uh, Detroit winnable game. Um, Arizona always kind of a, the, the proverbial yep. rock bite in the division. Yep. Um, the Giants, you got them at home, so I think that's that's a very winnable game. The Jets, they have at home as well. Yeah, Jets, Carolina. Yeah, um, yeah I think you know it's a five-six win team, which I think is going to be enough to yes to save Pete's job if he wants to. But I think anything less than that, and I, weren't there already rumors swirling that maybe they that maybe Schneider was on his way out, or that that they were starting to look at this being kind of the end for Pete. So the rumors were Snyder got an ex- Snyder who's Snyder Schneider got an extension because a year two years ago he Detroit came calling to be their GM and Pete gave up I think some personnel control but Pete still has final say so I don't really know how much that is uh, so he's still there the biggest problem is the team hasn't sold yet it's not expected to sell. Till 2025 because there's something to do with the city of Seattle with if he sells before 2025. Uh, so you're just kind of in limbo. And to your point, I mean, they hosted a playoff game in 2016 mm-hmm. or 2017. What year was it? They won the division and they hosted the Lions. Then they hosted a playoff game in the 2020 season because um, – they uh, had um, they, they won the division, but nobody could go to the game. Right. Uh, you know, they're they used to win a game or two in the playoffs. Now they're not winning a game in the playoffs. You know, they beat Philadelphia a couple years ago after they knocked out Wentz when Wentz threw for 4000 yards and didn't have a receiver get over 500 yards. One of the more impressive things I've ever seen uh, <laughs> or statistical anomalies. But, yeah, it's just a lot of. I, I don't know. I mean, at some point, uh, Pete is on his third defensive coordinator. Uh, well, Dan Quinn left, hired Richard. The defense regressed as it would because your players got older. So he fired, you know, fired Richard, brought in Ken Norton. That was a disaster. Supposedly changed the defense. And this has been a disaster. So it's definitely one of those things where. Uh, I just feel like there aren't really many excuses. Uh, they can't tackle. I mean, they're second to the Texans in missed tackles. They have 21 missed tackles. They're not really getting pressure on the QB, uh, except for one or two players. I mean, they mortgaged the future for Jamal Adams, and like Jamal Adams had his hand fused together, his quads busted. I mean, that guy's. I mean, he's going to be a shell of himself, former self. Yeah. And then you get to a point where you traded the franchise's, you know, the franchise's best quarterback ever. And both of them, obviously, we talked about the Broncos. They both seem to be missing each other. And there's just a lot of 
the one thing that Pete can do, he's always been a second half coach. You know, you look traditionally the Hawks under Pete Carroll. Well, uh, even when they were bad, like in 2011, they started off two and five, but then finished seven and nine. You know, mm-hmm. he he gets them playing 500 ball. But if he can't do that this year, I mean, your defense, you know, you, you just don't have any excuses left or you don't have anything left on the resume. Yeah, it's it's you gotta you gotta drag as much as you can out of what you have, and he really doesn't have any room to to place any blame anywhere else but himself. Like you said, it's it's his decisions, his calls, and if they're not working, you got to figure out what what the solution is, and if that means it's it's not him anymore, then you gotta you know you got maybe maybe time to cut losses. Yeah, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. I mean, again. Who knows what Jody Allen's thinking? And obviously, it'll take a lot. People, uh, I don't think people are really paying that much attention to the Seahawks right now, as weird as that sounds, mm-hmm. because the Mariners right now are, I mean, their magic number to clinch a playoff spot for the first time in 21 years is two. And so people are. It's distracted. a baseball town now. It's a baseball town now. Uh, I mean, they're tied 7-7 right now in the bottom of the ninth. So, I mean, they win tonight. I mean, the Hawks could have a playoff spot clinched Friday, you know, and then that means they'll go to the playoffs. So, people aren't really – I mean, people are disappointed in the Hawks, but it's not the focal point right now. And the, mm-hmm. and the Huskies are 4-0, and the Cougars are 3-1. and So, there's a lot of distractions going on, you know, yeah. in the area. But, yeah, it'll be – It'll be interesting. Okay, quickly, because I know we're running out of time. We've, we've gone later than I, than I said we would. Uh, <laughs> week four games. Um, you know, I looking at these games. Uh, I, last week, you know, I, I, I went against the spread. I was 11-3 and three on Sunday against the spread. Now, granted, I didn't put Damn. any money down. A lot of yeah, we got, we got to get DraftKings up, uh, up here in Washington. And know, then you right? can start making something off of that. Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, I'll, I won't repeat it all year. But uh, this game, last week was home dogs. This one's a lot of road dogs. Uh, and, um, you know, not not your guy, uh, Brian James, the wrestler. But um, – Oh, oh, I didn't know. Maybe didn't know. I should have called yeah. somebody. Well, something about scissoring his tag team partner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, this is a family podcast. We'll uh, – yeah, why why isn't that guy coming back for the uh, the big reunion? Yeah, I wonder why. Anyways, yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. And and uh, yeah, so I'm glad that you and I are the only ones that will get what we're talking about. Speaking in code, absolutely um, of of the listeners. But uh, Minnesota and New Orleans are in London. Cleveland at Washington at Dallas. Seahawks at Detroit, like we talked about. Uh, Seahawks are five and a half point road dogs. Lions are going to be out without DeAndre Swift and maybe Amon Ross St. Brown, and they give up a lot of yards on defense. So, yeah, and that, well, and that's the first of back to back ten a.m. games for Seattle. How did after all these years where they they may have gotten one a year? Obviously, they they would get the the annual St. Louis ten a.m. game. Yeah, um, it felt like they didn't really have a lot for a while. And now they get back-to-back weeks, so we're going to New Orleans next year, week. I think last year, maybe I think last year, but maybe it was twenty twenty. They didn't have any 
10 a.m. games. Yeah. And then I forget what team it is. There's some team this year. Maybe it's the Texans. There's somebody who has no uh, – all their games start at 1 o'clock their time. Damn. Which is amazing. I forget who it was. It was a schedule anomaly that I saw. But, yeah, huh. Hawks on the road. I mean, like, this is a very – winnable game i know a lot of hawks fans are pessimistic we can't stop anybody but it's like no no you don't understand detroit they're not good either and they're starting (laughs) jared goff even though goff has beaten us a few times beaten the hawks a few times uh Uh, the the texans do have a four o'clock game they are uh they're playing at uh in vegas uh week seven okay so it was the texans okay yeah it's texan texans get a uh the one o'clock uh, West Coast time start then, and then uh, the week after that against Tennessee, and they even get a primetime game too. Oh wow! Okay, well then I was way off. I, I don't know how. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that was the original intent of Thursday night football, right? But then Amazon was like, "Give us good games. We don't want these." Games. Right. Give Give us good games where someone's going to get concussed and have their fingers look <laughs> like you? twisted pretzel sausages. It's just horrible. But yes, good, good, well, good. Great point. Uh, Tennessee at Indianapolis. I guess that's. Uh, I mean, that's a big division game. I I don't know. Do you know what either of these teams are right now? No. Uh, you know, Indianapolis went from opening day uh, a tie on the road with Houston to uh, Matt Ryan leading a a ninety yard touchdown drive to to beat Patrick Mahomes. So I, I don't think they have any idea what they are and and. Tennessee is is Derrick Henry and hoping to God that uh, Ryan Tannehill doesn't screw it up in between handoffs. Yeah, I mean Henry looked a little washed the first two weeks, and then he was like, "Nope, not uh, <laughs> not me." Uh, bears at Giants. I just I feel like the Giants should smoke the Bears, but who knows? Short week for the Giants. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the most interesting game to me this weekend. Jacksonville at Philadelphia. It's Doug Bowl. Huh? Doug Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. The six and a half point favorites are the Eagles at home. I feel like that's a lot of points for how well Jacksonville's playing. Yeah. uh, Jacksonville looks has suddenly looked competent again and, and it feels weird that you know they're they're even getting that much on the road to to an undefeated Philadelphia. Um I'm actually I'm looking right now to see who the uh, who's doing the call on that game and uh, let's see Jacksonville Philadelphia does not get the the Jim Nance Tony Romo treatment. Oh no, they're saving that for New England Green Bay, I'd imagine. Yeah, yep, they're gonna they're gonna be uh, New England Green Bay for uh, for Nance and Romo. See, this is this is a big missed opportunity, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, they'll get Jacksonville will get Kenny Albert. Uh, they're they're getting Spiro Didis and Jay Feely. Uh, this oh. is really important. This is really important talk. Just uh, in case anybody wants to know who their announcer is going to be. Um, <laughs> and by the way, I, I noticed during the uh, Seahawks game, uh, the the Seahawks Falcons game, Robert Smith sounded a lot like Brock Heward, and it confused me, and I didn't like it. <laughs> well. Don't be confused. Brock's only doing college games now. <laughs> and they're trying to keep him as close to the Northwest as possible. So it's, you know, you can, kind of, you can kind of hear his hatred during calling an Oregon game where he's just like, oh, yeah, that was a great play with that jerk bag in the green. Yeah. I hate that stupid school. And, you know, he tries to say a lot of it under his breath. He just isn't very good at it. 
my brother threw the interception that built Oregon football. <laughs> um, Jets at Steelers. That just does not sound like a fun game to watch at all. I wouldn't want to go to that game unless I was paid to do it. And even then, I think I would question a lot of my life choices. Yeah, there you go. Uh, another interesting game, Buffalo at Baltimore. This game was a lot better, bef- I think, before uh, before the collapse in Miami. But I think it's still a marquee game. Obviously, it's a, it's still a, a huge game. And that's, this was, I think, really the other contender for the the Jim Nance game of the week. Um, I mean, you get Ian Eagle, who, depending on who you talk to, is probably a better announcer than than Nance. But you yeah. know, whatever. Um, but yeah, this is this is going to be one of those games that's like, you know, it's going to get hyped up all week as as a, a possible playoff preview, uh, a big game in in regards to the standings and who's who's going to maneuver in what direction because Cincinnati wins tonight, they're back to five hundred. Uh, Baltimore, if Baltimore loses this weekend, they're back to five hundred, and so it's you know keeping everyone as close as you can in that first first month. Yeah, that's that division's going to be, I mean. It's going to be close, but it might be the first year where the teams aren't particularly great either. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, and, and and Lamar's getting that, that MVP hype after the, the first few games, which, I mean, he's had three really good games so far. So, well, you he's, know. he's ticked off, too. I mean, oh, yeah. Well, he's, he's looking for the bag. He's, he's seeing everybody else getting, you know, $400 million and $500 million contracts. He's like, well, I'm next. And didn't reach the agreement that they thought that he was hoping to. So now it's, uh, now it's his time. Yep. Um, you're not wrong. Chargers at Houston. I think Houston might win this game. I think it depends on how much of, of Justin Herbert is really left. Yeah. Cause on, on, on paper, this is a, this is a charger blowout, yeah. but on paper, it was a charger blowout against Jacksonville too. Yeah. Yep. I agree with you on that. Um, and if they fall to one and three, my my Super Bowl uh, pick is in big trouble. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I I went chalk this year. I went Buffalo, but mm-hmm. well, yeah, you were. We talked about this. You were you oh. were on, Doy. I, you look at this. I have uh, apparently short term memory loss from the first week. <laughs> yeah, but, look, uh, it's, it's baseball season. You you're not really yeah, focused yeah, on yeah, football. Yeah, I understand. Actually, my team's actually going to go to the playoffs for once since I was in. <laughs> high school uh but uh also quick side note i know you don't get root sports because of dish but aaron goldsmith the mariners play-by-play announcer was uh two nights ago or two nights tuesday night of uh this week last week of september he was basically admonishing fans for uh a certain group of fans that are upset about how the team was playing down the stretch and the other teams get uh drive mercedes too it, it was very condescending huh. i, I wish i could have seen it but yeah you're right uh dish network the uh greedy piggies that they are they they won't bring root sports back and root sports is not uh not free from from my my hatred and my venom um i'm actually waiting for them to block me on twitter and i'm just anything that they post i have some kind of a a jerky (laughs) response to it and i i got i got called out once by by their their social media intern uh 
from a Kraken highlight. Like, oh, well, you know, uh, Dish took us off. There. I was like, dude, that was a year ago. Come yeah, up with, with new, new, uh, new canned things to put in here. Try again. It's been a year. <laughs> it's been a bit. Yeah, it's, uh, well, it's a shame, but I, I did think it was funny. You know, like you mentioned baseball. It was like the whole 21 years thing. And it's like, thank you, Mr. Announcer, who's not from here. And, <laughs> you know, yeah, you're paid to be on the broadcast and you get to go to all the games. And at this point, you watch more Mariners baseball than I do. But at some point, Mr. Announcer, who's not from here, you're probably going to leave because you're doing Fox national games too. I just, Mm -hmm. I just don't like it. You know, people have lived and breathed with these baseball teams. I've nuked relationships over this baseball team. You know, there's (laughs) just, I, I, I'm saving the rant for next week when they actually do make the playoffs. There's still part of me that thinks they're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, Um, There's, there's still a way it's, it's the, the numbers down to two and luckily Baltimore decided that they just were going to stop trying this week. So they're, Making it a lot easier after blowing a nine-run lead. Yeah, yeah. I was, I may have gone to the stadium today. Uh, I will not say why I went to the stadium today. <laughs> it had nothing to do with anything related to a Julio jersey in a different colorway that they hadn't had out. Anyway, well, it wasn't uh, to go to the game because just looking at highlights on uh, on Sports Center, they're they're not a whole lot of people there tonight. No, uh, supposedly they it's going to be packed tomorrow, though. But like, there's oh, part yeah. of me that would like to go tomorrow, but I'm also like, okay, cool, we won, but we're not really doing it. It's not like the game. I mean, you're just going to be in the stands to celebrate, which would be awesome. Don't get me wrong, but I'm still like, yeah, eh, you know, if they well, <laughs> if they if they do, like again, like I said, there is the possibility they could still choke it away. Um, Arizona travels to Carolina. I think last year. This is one of the games where I thought Arizona was going to go over there and smoke them, and Carolina beat them. So Carolina, I think, has Arizona's number. That was the big Cam Newton return game. That was. That's right. That's what it was. Um, New England at Green Bay. I asked you this off the air, but or actually right before we started. Patriots are 10.5-point dogs at Green Bay. Mac Jones is hurt. It makes sense. But it's Belichick. Mm-hmm. I, I'm taking the Patriots on that one. I mean, I would take them to cover. Because, yeah. um, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, Hoyer, Hoyer's not Mac Jones. Uh, Hoyer wasn't even Cam Newton two years ago when he got pushed in, into, a, into a starting role literally the night before the game because Cam got COVID in Kansas City. Um, but if there is ever a time to beat Aaron Rodgers at home, with a, a struggling team of your own, it's this year. Because, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's got Lazard. He's, he's, it feels like he's getting comfortable with whoever he's throwing to. But there's still a bunch of unknown guys. And there's a chance that, you know, why not? Why not, uh, you know, New England coming in and shocking everybody? Yeah. No, I, I, I can see it happening. Yeah, I'm picking them to cover. I'm not that adventurous (laughs) to win uh last three games of the week all very interesting denver at the raiders uh some fan base is going to be really mad i mean like fans are never happy when they lose games but no either denver drops to two and two or the raiders drop to zero and four and if the raiders drop to zero and four i think you're gonna suddenly hear 
some really hot takes on the future of Josh McDaniels there. Yeah, yeah. And if the Broncos I, – I, th- I think you're right about that. And if the Broncos lose to the Raiders and Russ struggles again, uh, that, that chorus of anti-Russ sentiment is just going to keep going, keep building. Denver fans have booed Russell Wilson in both of his home games. Yeah, I was in the regular season. I was told that week one when I booed him that I was classless for booing him and I should just accept it. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it. Well, and see, that's what happens. It spreads. Oh, I see. So, yeah, you think I'm the problem that Denver fans are now booing? Like it was. This like, is this is partially your fault. I'm, I'm I was, afraid. I was the uh, drug. Yeah, you should you should apologize to the city of Denver. Okay. And uh, you know, maybe not cheer Russell Wilson, but you know, don't boo him as loudly. Okay. I don't I have no I don't have any beef with him. I hope he loses the every game the rest of the year. <laughs> uh I hope he plays well. I'm fine with him playing well. Uh so we can get their draft picks higher up. Uh that'll be interesting. Super Bowl rematch on the Sunday night game, Kansas City at Tampa. At the site of the Super Bowl mm-hmm. uh, from two years ago, Kansas City's two and a half point favorites. I just don't trust that Bucks team, even if Evans. Well, Evans will be back, but yeah, Evans will be back. Godwin may be back. I think he's got a hamstring issue, so he can never really be sure on that. Um, you know, who knows how how focused on the game the team's going to be with, yeah. with the hurricane coming through? And um, yeah, I mean it's. It's it's weird because Kansas City's coming off a loss, and you figure, okay, well, they'll just come right back and and just smoke the next team in front of them. Well, the problem is, is the next team in front of them is also pretty darn good too. So, yeah. you know, if if it's if they drop two in a row, they go to two and two. Suddenly, they could be sitting in second place. But we saw this last year. We saw it the year before. It's it's four games into the season. I think that city and that team is looking at it like, well, if we're kind of scuffling, then we'll figure it out, and they're not going to panic. No, I don't think so at all. It, it just just seems hard for me to believe that they would lose two weeks in a row, but but who knows? Well, and it, it'll be interesting to see what Brady's got left the rest of the season. He's he's actually starting to look human, and and Tampa can't have that if they if they want to go out with one more one more good run. Gosh, what what did they say? Oh, I for, there was a good meme about Brady and what he looked like. Now. <laughs> I forget what it was. Dang it, I shouldn't have brought it up. But gosh, there was one. I was howling at them, uh, ripping him for his whatever he looks like with his yeah suddenly really shrunken in face and yeah. skinny, and he just he doesn't look. He, yeah, some he looks weird. <laughs> well, and this is really this is really just him coming back because they reported his retirement, right? Like he wanted to go out when he, he would on his terms. Oh yeah. And, and, and I think we talked about it before, whereas, you know, it was pretty clear that, that it was over and, you know, then I think it was Adam Schefter leaked it and it's like, well, crap. Now what do I do? I guess I, I guess I have to come back because I can't control this. So, and notorious control freak, Tom Brady, if you, if he can't control a message, then he's, he's not going to send it. Nope. Nope, not wrong on that. And, <laughs> and, then, and then the Monday night game, the Rams at the Niners, again, a game where we hope both teams will lose. 
Uh, <laughs> Niners always have the Rams number, though, but I just feel the Rams will take it this week. Yeah, I it, I don't know if if Shanahan is going to trust Garoppolo as much as he wants to, and you know I think that's starting to kind of erode. And and you know, like we talked about earlier, we might be getting close to uh, to Purdy Brock time. There you go. There you go. Um, anything though, I do think both teams are a lot weaker than they were last year. Oh, for sure. Um, anything else you want to add about uh, NFL? Uh, no, nothing. Let's, let's ride. All right. Well, I don't know. Seahawks country. Let's fly to Detroit. (laughs) Uh, besides Russell Wilson's creepy, uh, subway ad getting run again this week by man. That could have just gotten worse. I don't know. It's like Seattle. It's almost like Seattle made him too quasi normal that he went to Denver and uh, weed's legal ever in both States. So, I don't know if he just found a better strain out there or what's going on, but that dude is, he's gotten weird. I was talking to somebody, a friend of mine, and they, and they were saying, friend or a coworker, I don't remember. I don't want to, I don't want to call a coworker a friend. You know what I mean? That's, that's <laughs> the rules. But uh, they were saying, whoever I was talking to said, you know, Russ, the first two years, that's really who he is. And mm. the last eight or nine years has kind of just been who he thinks he should be, you know, I mean, I'm not one that blames Ciara or that stuff. I mean, that that's the timeline, but I could also see that too, you know, like that he is, you know, he's changed who he is, but Hey, good luck to him. Uh, Yeah. It'll be an interesting, uh, interesting week. Football always fun to watch um, this time of year. Baseball is exciting for another month. (laughs) <laughs> but, I mean, uh, Seattle. You know, or... it, it's always it's always more fun late in the season when you have something to root for. Yeah, you know, and and it's 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 I, I'll crap on the Mariners and give them give them grief all the time, but it's it's been a a long twenty one years, and you know, I moved up here in in oh seven and saw the Mariners miss the playoffs by just a few games, or yeah. you know, have a have a bad week late in the season that cost them, and even last year. And so, I, I it's it's really an exciting time, and, and I I do hope they they can get into the playoffs on a strong note, and not not back their way in like it, it feels like they're they're trying to do. Yeah, yeah, they, uh, yeah, they're going to be, yeah, yeah you, you know, I you couldn't say it better myself. That's wild to think you've been here fifteen years. Yeah. And- this is the first time that they've, I mean, not sniffed the playoffs, but this is the first time they've been ahead. This close. This close, yeah. I mean, yeah. They, they were chasing. They got, they fell out one game. I think 2014, they were one game. Yeah, and I remember I went to the game on a Saturday night when we all thought they could make it. But then the <laughs> next day, like, Oakland won. And it was like, oh, wah, wah, season over. So. Yeah. And then Oakland went to the wild card game in 2014 and proceeded to lose. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, you know, oh, to yeah. to uh, America's darlings for about that's a year. True. That's true. That's right. And then, then the next year, what did America's do? Uh, they became everybody's worst nightmare and won a championship. So, there, see, there is precedent being set. There you go. There you go. Well, <laughs> yeah. And Oakland, if they could, if they couldn't win a playoff series when they had Zito, Zito, Mulder, and Hudson, 
I don't think they're ever going to win a playoff series. Nope they they had their they had their run in the '90s and now it's over. Yeah, yeah. no one even wants to go to their games. All all yeah. 50 people that go to Mar- uh, uh, A's games. I was going to say Mariner games. That's how yeah. bad it's been. Good yeah. grief. Good grief. Good grief. <laughs> well, Kevin, thank you very much for joining me, and we will have you on probably in, a, in three four weeks again because that seems to be the timeline. Sounds good, man. Thanks. Always good to be here. Thanks again to Kevin Mendelson and good luck to his Patriots, which leads me in to the if I was doing the super contest picks last week, three and two too much faith in the Cardinals. Why the Hawks uh, and um, well, those were the two games that I lost Uh, the Dolphins proved me right as did the Packers and the Broncos. And the Broncos-Niners in one of the ugliest games ever seen on Sunday Night Football. Now, I know you all won't believe me, but just on you know, a little ESPN app, did a little um, uh, for fun uh, picking against the spread. Was 11-3 on Sunday. So the games that I didn't talk about or I wouldn't have picked, I went 8-1. Didn't put any money down. And uh, if I did put money down this week, it would cloud my judgment and I would lose horrendously. And this is the week of the Road Dog's revenge. And as the Road Dog Jesse James once said, Oh, you didn't know? Well, your, well, family program, he said an inappropriate word for a derriere, but it better call somebody. I am picking all road teams this week. Um, Not all road dogs, though. Four road dogs. Give me the Seahawks plus five and a half at the Lions. Again, if the Hawks don't win, uh, maybe you fire Carroll now. Just kidding. Just kidding. (laughs) This has got to be one of the games they win. Especially if the Lions are without Amon Ross St. Brown and DeAndre Swift, their two best players on offense. Okay. Jaguars, six and a half at Eagles. Not saying the Jags would would win, but they went on the road last week. Beat the Chargers by four touchdowns. Six and a half. Eagles can score. But the Eagles defense does give up points too. Uh, Not that the Jaguars offense is the most explosive. Then again, they scored 38 last week. Patriots plus 10.5 at Packers. I know Mac Jones is hurt. This is solely going on Belichick's reputation. I'm going to give him a lot of respect. Take him plus 10.5. Chiefs, 2.5 point favorites at the Buccaneers. I like the Chiefs. Bounce back over the Colts. Bucks have looked anemic. I don't know if they can trade scores with this team. And Rams at 49ers. 49ers own the Rams. Rams own the Hawks. Hawks own the Niners, except this year. Uh, (laughs) But you just like the Niners beat the ever-living crap out of the Seahawks, finally breaking that, uh, what was it, that 10-year Russell Wilson streak of, I mean, the last time the Niners 
beat the Hawks by more than a touchdown was the first game of the Hawks and Niners played of 2011. So they exercised those demons. Let's see the Rams exercise their demons against the Niners. Give me them. And let's get back on the winning side of things. Once again, thank you for listening. I'm Tim Kelly, and this is Courts and Fields.